standby to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. Welcome to the Buckeye Blitz. I am Tito Jeff Fidoff. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Buckeye Blitz on uh, FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. I'm Jeff Fidoff. You can follow me on Twitter at Fit Happens. Best way to get me. Uh, lots of interviews. Ohio State, uh, the women's basketball team lost on Monday night against Virginia Tech in the Elite Eight game. Uh, final score in that game, 84-74. Um, it was Ohio State's first appearance in the Elite Eight since 1993, back in the days when Katie Smith played for Ohio State. The uh, Buckeyes that year defeated Iowa in the semifinals, the Final Four, before losing um, to Cheryl Swoops in the uh, championship game. But um, Ohio State looked great early on. They were hitting threes. Uh, Taylor Mikesell was on fire early on. She finished with 25 points in the game. But in Ohio State this year, a lot of times were able to come back from big deficits. They were down by 16 to James Madison in the first round of the tournament playing at home. Came back and won that one. They were down to UConn early um, in the uh, Sweet 16 game. And they were able to use their press to come back. That was the key for Ohio State all season long. When they were in trouble and fell behind, and sometimes, again, by double digits in some cases, their press allowed them to score a lot of points in bunches. And they would frustrate teams, and they could make up ground easily. But in this game against Virginia Tech, look, Virginia Tech had the kryptonite. They had the kryptonite for Ohio State's secret sauce was. How many different weird analogies I make. But nonetheless, they had the kryptonite. Um, To beat Ohio State this year, you had to have a team that could break the press and also had interior size. Ohio State lacked athleticism on the interior. And if you got a team that that can do that, that can put the ball inside and out-rebound Ohio State, they can break the press and then also get second-chance points and keep Ohio State off of the offensive glass, that's the way you beat the Buckeyes this year. Um, and the Hokies yesterday, they uh, out-rebounded Ohio State 32-24. Georgia Moore for that team, uh, the 5-7, I think she is, point guard. She's uh, a junior for, for Virginia Tech. She got hurt early on and looked like she might be out of the game. Like, she looked wobbly after taking uh, getting hit in a hard screen, fell to the ground, had a hard time gathering herself. They took her back to the locker room. She's back in the game, like, a few minutes later. And so, apparently... She was fine. There were questions about, well, should she have sat out longer for concussion reasons, concussion protocol, got to look at her. But regardless of all of that, she came back and was absolutely fantastic once she got back into the game. Uh, She destroyed Ohio State's press. Ohio State had no answer for her when she had the ball. And um, that right there is what... That's what's that's what stopped Ohio State from coming back. Virginia Tech had a lead. And look, when Ohio State fell behind against other teams, their press got them easy buckets, frustrated the other teams, and gave Ohio State a chance to get back in the game. Not the case last night against Virginia Tech. And Ohio State fell in love sometimes with three-point shots. Uh, Mishkalova for Ohio State. Mishkalova uh, missed way too many threes. Uh, Rebecca did that and was not effective in the game. Mike Sell, after a hot start, forced a couple. Ohio State overall just did not shoot the ball well after. The Ohio State was leading in the first half, and it was close at halftime. But Virginia Tech just methodically kind of pulled away again by breaking the press and getting that rebounding edge. Again, 32-24 rebounding edge for Virginia Tech in the game. And Ohio State, just their press was not effective. Matter of fact, they backed off the press and almost, I don't want to say conceded it, but they kind of did. Like, it was like they can't stop Virginia Tech getting past that press. And Amore was fantastic with that. So, still a fantastic season for the Buckeyes. 
and Kevin McGuff, the head coach, who I absolutely love. He's perfect for this program. They went 28-8 this year, and that was with Madison Green, one of their top players, missing almost the whole season. J.C. Sheldon missed such a big – played only in six games until they got to the Big Ten tournament, and then she started playing more. Uh, they would have been a higher seed, better record, maybe Big Ten champs if Sheldon and Green are both healthy throughout the Big Ten season. So, and virtually everyone's coming back this, for next year. J.C. Sheldon, who I just mentioned, uh, when she's healthy, she's one of the best players in the country. She scored 19 points in the game. Tony McMahon, she got hurt at the end of the game, but it, I, I felt like she was neutralized a little bit in this game. Still finished with 18 points, but throughout the season, Cody McMahon got exponentially better. If you look at the, a freshman, she was a freshman this year, and she took games over. When she got the ball, she drove to the basket with confidence and um, and certainly was a leader on this team. And that's one of the things that Kevin McGuff talked about. I've talked to him several times about this, was Cody McMahon's voice got louder and louder within the locker room as the season went on as far as leadership goes. And with all a lot of these girls coming back, they got a good class coming in. This Ohio State team is going to be great again next year. And Final Four should be the goal again next year. Almost got there this year, losing Elite Eight. First time in 30 years they've been there. Um, another Big Ten school, though, Iowa did get in. Iowa will take on South Carolina. It won't be a marquee matchup coming up on Friday. We got Caitlin Clark for Iowa, um, who had a 40-point triple-double. 41 points, I think it was, 10 rebounds, 12 assists in their win. And this is just a testament to how solid the Big Ten was this year when you've got Ohio State on the brink of a Final Four berth. Iowa in the Final Four. Indiana got upset. But still, in Maryland lost in the Elite Eight as well. They got rolled by South Carolina, who was just by far and away the best team in the country. If Ohio State had made it to the Final Four, they would have taken on LSU. They could have won that game, but I don't think anybody's beating South Carolina. Caitlin Clark may have a big game, but no one's beating South Carolina this year in the women's NCAA tournament. They're going to win the NCAA championship for a second straight year. I think there's something like, uh, I don't know, 72 and two, whatever the last two years, whatever the number is. It's an amazing run by them. South Carolina is the best team in the country. All right, we'll switch gears to football now. And Ohio State had their pro day. Um, 130 some members of NFL teams were there. Personnel, uh, NFL personnel was there. I think Carolina had the most. I don't think they had like 13 or 15 people that were there, including the owner, David Tepper, obviously the head coach, uh, Frank Reich. They were all there to watch Ohio State's Pro Day. And um, what was interesting about the Pro Day is uh, there were a couple things people were looking for. One, they wanted to see Stroud. They wanted to see if JSN would run the 40, which he did. We'll talk about that. And they also wanted to watch, uh, you know, Ohio State's. Even though Marvin Harrison Jr. is not draft eligible, he was still at Pro Day catching passes from C.J. Stroud when he was out there throwing to show off his skills. And so NFL officials were excited to see Marvin Harrison Jr. up close, no doubt about it. Now, C.J. Stroud had a great day, it sounds like, um, from all the reports. I've talked to a couple of reporters, people that were there. C.J. Stroud looked solid, which he absolutely should have. There's no reason not to on your home turf. You've already done a great job um, at the, at the uh, Combine. And on top of that, teams have got all this tape on you the last couple of years, especially let's put in that Georgia game and watch that and see what he did there. CJ Stroud to me should be the number one pick in the draft by Carolina. Carolina is saying they all, now granted Carolina also went and visited Bryce Young at Alabama's pro day after that with a large contingency again. And they have said they're not going to let height dictate who they draft. Um, but Frank Reich, the head coach, whenever he's worked with quarterbacks, either a head coach or a coordinator, it's always guys that are 6'2 and taller. That's just the way to look back at it. There's not very often when he has that situation where he's working with a smaller quarterback. So Frank Reich loves the taller quarterbacks. And they can hold up better. 
you know, you see the injuries that happen with Tua, with Kyler Murray, guys like that. Um, I know there's exceptions. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Drew Brees. Jalen Hurts is six feet tall, though. Drew Brees under six feet. But you do have exceptions. But by and large, I think that Carolina and Frank Reich want a taller quarterback. Now, they're saying they're still interested in Bryce Young and they won't let size dictate who they take. I think that's all just a smokescreen to see if they can get Houston, if they want Bryce Young, to trade up, swap one and two. There's no way Carolina goes below two, though. I think they want C.J. Stroud, and they should. JSN, the big questions around Jack Smith and Jigba was um, his health. Obviously, he had missed virtually the entire season 2022 after having a very stellar 2021 and what he was able to do in the Rose Bowl against Utah with that. I think he's still catching passes. But nonetheless, at the Combine, JSN did some of the drills, did not run the 40. So it was important to see if he could run the 40, and he did. He ran, depending on what clock you're looking at, anywhere between 4.49 and 4.52, somewhere in there, which is perfect because he's not known for his speed. He's not going to go out there and, and do what John Moore did and run like a 4.29 or 4.3 or whatever. That was never J, it's never his JSN's game. JSN's game is route running, precision route running, and great hands. And so if, as long as he didn't go 4.6 or 4.7, God forbid, something like that, as long as he stayed in that range he was in, He'll be just fine. I still think he'll be the first wide receiver taken off the board this year. And I, fine, call me a homer. C.J. Stroud should be the first quarterback. J.S.N. should be the first wide receiver off the board this year. They both have such bright futures in this. And we talked about Marvin Harrison, what he can do. Teams got a sneak peek at him. And they could see in a non-pro day, pro day for him, uh, what Marvin Harrison Jr. can do. He's going to be the best receiver in college football this year. I can't wait to watch this team. Uh, with Kyle McCord, I think under center, we'll see. They had their first scrimmage, um, the first padded scrimmage on Saturday. And uh, good things for both quarterbacks. You're not going to learn anything that much right now. Um, but McCord, I think, is the leader going into the clubhouse. Devin Brown, still very talented, don't get me wrong. But I think Kyle McCord will end up being the starting quarterback. And plus, it doesn't hurt the fact that he played high school ball with Marvin Harrison Jr. as far as that connection goes. I'm not saying it gives him an edge because of where he went to high school, but his connection with Marvin Harrison Jr. probably does help him in some ways on the field. Other uh, football news. The uh, the team picked up a couple of big-time commitments in twin offensive linemen from Lakewood St. Edward, who won the Division One State Championship in Ohio this year. Deontay and Devontae Armstrong, they're both class of 2024, both four-star players, committed to Ohio State. Uh, Deontay is a left tackle. He's a 6'7". Devontae, a left guard, 6'6". Both are right around 300 pounds, a little less than that. And everyone was after them as far as big schools go. Um, Michigan was after them. Georgia, uh, Michigan State, Wisconsin, all after them as well. So they commit to Ohio State, and that's big news for the Buckeyes' offensive line. We know the offensive line is always something Ohio State is constantly trying to um, – uh, reload on, not rebuild, but reload on. And these guys in the class of 2024 playing right next to each other. It's a huge commitment, a huge pair of commitments for Ohio State to grab these twins that want to stay in state um, and, and play for the Buckeyes. So big gets for the class. 20, I think the class 2024, when it's all said and done, will be better than the class of 2023. Also significant as Ryan Day continues to, um, you know, add more and more talent to this team. One of the top, the top receiver. In the country, in the class of 2024, is Jeremiah Smith. He committed to Ohio State a while back. And, again, number one receiver in the class. And he's been, although he's committed, he's still been taking his visits uh, around to other schools. Because you get a lot of number of visits, and he's been doing that still. Um, you know, he, he's a Florida, he's down in Florida. He's a basically Miami kid is where he's from. But 
Uh, he is taking some of his other visits. Um, Georgia, Florida, Miami, USC are all still after him to see if they can get him to flip from Ohio State to them. Could happen. Jeremiah Smith has not said it would happen. He has not hinted it would happen. He's taking his visits, which I think all of us would do if we were a college, a soon-to-be high school senior looking at colleges, you get a chance to go to these places, you know, rub elbows with guys like, um, you know, what's going on with, with Kirby Smart out there at Georgia or um, at USC with Lincoln Riley. It's great networking. It's smart to do it. I have no problem with him doing it. So I'm not, like, panicking he might switch. He could have flipped, though. We've had guys flip. Dylan Riola flipped. We've had guys that have flipped out after, flipped after committing to Ohio State. It might happen. But one person, one person in one position is not going to drastically change Ohio State's overall talent base. Yes, he is the number one rated high school receiver in 2024. That's a wonderful thing to have. That's great PR to say the number one rated high school receiver in 2024 is coming to Ohio State. But there's been plenty of times where the number one insert position here, player in the country at that position, committed somewhere, and then completely failed. And Tate Martell is a perfect example of that. Ohio State was so hyped to get him. He was supposed to be his next great thing at quarterback. Number one quarterback. Number one quarterback in the class. Never really played quarterback at the collegiate level. So, and I'm not saying that'll happen here. But Jeremiah, I'm just saying that you've got to keep things in perspective. Ohio State was just fine when Tate Martell flopped. Ohio State was just fine when Joe Burrow transferred. Ohio State will be just fine. If Jeremiah Smith decides to go somewhere else, yes, it'll suck. I'm like, oh, that's too bad. Ohio State has great talent not coming in. You know what, though? Ohio State will be fine. Now, if seven players said, hey, we're, we're decommitting from Ohio State and going somewhere else, then it's a red flag. If three players did that at that point, like highest rated players, maybe it'd be a red flag then. But one player, if he does, and there's no indication that he has flipped, but if he does choose to flip and go somewhere else and decommit, the sun will still rise. Ohio State will still be among the best teams in the country. They'll still be the most talented team in the Big Ten for now. That's where that's the way it is. So I'm not worried of Jeremiah Smith. It's great news, great things to talk about. Oh, he's in, he's in Georgia, he's in Florida, wherever he's at, that's fine. But on the product, on the field, at the end of the day, Ohio State will be just fine. That's it for today's Buckeye Blitz. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at that happens. And uh, we are, again, on Fan Street Sports, powered by DSPMediaOnline.com. We've got so many great blitzes on this um, on our content here. You can look for AM, the Texas AM, the Cowboys. we got a Notre Dame one, a great one my cousin Rob does. There are so many great podcasts out here. Give them a listen, the Daily Blitzes, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, go Bucks! We will see what happens next with this Ohio State team. We'll keep you updated on all the recruiting news when it comes to Ohio State. Have a great day.